This is Line Dance Podcast. Hello. And welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are back with a new episode right now because we have something to talk about relating to line dance. There has been a thing, an event, a place to go to where dancing happened. Um, it's called Hot or Heart of Texas. It was held at the Westin Dallas-Fort Worth um, Airport Hotel, and it ran this past Thursday through this past Sunday, and we are recording this on Monday. So everything you are hearing is fresh and straight out of our heads, and we have zero plan for what we're going to talk about. So you're going to get all the honest truths, starting with um, Megan. Here, Megan, you go. <laughs> Well, basically, I mean, when we first got there, we got we planned it so that we got there the morning of and had some time before open dance to kind of get settled in with the fact that it was in Texas, which is halfway across the state for us or state the country, as opposed to Florida, which is the other end of the country for us. It wasn't quite as long of a flight. So that was kind of nice. We were able to plan that. Uh, so when we got there, we got checked in and whatnot, and I immediately went upstairs, dropped off my stuff, turned around, and left the hotel. Uh, <laughs> I went grocery shopping. So one of the few things that I have come to learn is how necessary it is for me and the way I budget and what um, I like to enjoy eating and what I can eat. It's just easier to go grocery shopping once I get there as opposed to try and spend all my money getting deliveries and or hotel food and whatnot. Um, I also then can remember as I'm walking, for instance, this time through Target going, oh yeah, I forgot to pack this. Oh yeah, I forgot to pack that. And it's right there and I can just replenish my supplies as needed. Um, and I was very lucky this time around. I had one of my friends who lives in Texas coming to this event, Miss Rebecca Sneed. Uh, and so she was able to drive us to Target and drive us back. And we got we spent quite a, a good chunk of, of time in Target. And when we got back, we were able to put our stuff away and immediately turn around and leave again uh, for a impromptu run to In-N-Out Burger. Not that I ate anything other than the french fries, but, and then a Starbucks trip because, you know, I'm quite the addict for Starbucks. Uh, but I also have this new thing where I'm uh, collecting the state mugs and uh, the, I guess, tumblers, I think, or travel mugs or whatever. Uh, for all the different places that I've traveled due to line dance. So I am very much looking forward to adding to my collection. And so I certainly was excited to grab one from Texas. And yeah, and we got back to the hotel room and I was able to still have enough time to get ready to make it down for open dance the first night. Um, I'm assuming your day before open dance looked a little bit different than mine. Yes. For one thing, taking it all the way back to packing, I did not know how out of practice I 
<laughs> was with packing until I tried. Right? Yeah. Uh, I had to remember which things used to be totally normal, like the, as I mentioned to you before, the uh, garbage bag that was in the suitcase. I couldn't figure out why it was there, but I just left it there. I thought, okay, if it was here, it was here for a reason. And then as I'm packing other things, I'm putting in clothes. And then I remember clothes turn into laundry. And laundry is sweaty. You don't want it near your other things. You want a garbage bag to throw it all in. And that's why it was there. And I used to know that. That used to be something I would plan for ahead of time. And this time, it was just luck that I had that there. Things like that were popping up uh, for preparing for this trip to the point where when it actually was time to pack, I had uh, like two phases of this. One was assemble everything that I think that I need. Um, so just you know, throwing out, oh yeah, this is a, an event with Darren and Amy and Scott, so I'll put out my Darren and Amy and Scott shirts. And I'll probably want a pair of pants for each day, so I put those out. And I just kind of put things near my suitcases and then I went to sleep <laughs> because I knew that like the real crunch time, if I was going to hem and haw about it, then yeah, I could like take two hours to do it or I could go to sleep and give myself a little, one of those minor panics when I wake up at like, okay, we have half an hour time to really get serious now, put it all together. And that's what I did. And it worked out really well, I think, uh, because that's what I'm used to. And I could have done it differently this time, but no, I decided to trust my prior instincts and and just make it all happen pretty close to the time we needed to leave. But also, because we've been growing and developing as human people in line dance, we left early enough to get to the airport without running to the gate and saying, please let us in. We actually got there in time to like eat something and look at the walls and breathe before they called all the groups. So it was it was a great balance of the adrenaline I need to be awake at three in the morning and pack and go, and also the calmness of no traffic and don't have to worry about whether we're gonna be there for the first night of dance. It was, it was um, a representative of where we are in our dance journey, I think. Uh, also, I'm super grateful to Amy's for having a branch in the airport because we were able to get vegan breakfast sandwich, vegan breakfast burrito, vegan what mocha latte or something, whatever it was that I had. And go figure, it's the San Francisco Bay Area. They very much know their market. Uh, that is a perfect place to offer those kinds of options. Uh, that was a, a, a way to start my day that made me feel like I'm not going to be just like tumbling into this event. I, I am going in with like a semi plan. Um, when we did get there, it was in time. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, it's, a, it's a quick flight. It was you know three and a half hours. It's usually our layover spot for other uh, places that we go afterward. Um, so when we did get there, it was early enough so that we had some time to like process life and unpack a little bit, uh, but also late enough in the day that we could check into our rooms. There have been times when we've showed up places and just had to like loiter in the lobby because they won't let us in anywhere. Uh, this was nice in that we, we were there at about three-ish. And there was some confusion with the shuttle and everything, but uh, we were able to see some of uh, the people we know who were going to the end. That, that's always fun. Like when you go to the shuttle and other people are getting on there with you and we're all going to the same place, 
then it feels like the event has already started. You know, we have a, a good history of that. Like sometimes we'll see Darren, or sometimes we'll see Joey. And this time we had uh, Dustin and company and um, Cody was there uh, unexpectedly as well, Betsy. And um, th that just made, made it feel more real. Like before we even got to the hotel, like these people are here for the same thing. That was really nice to see. Um, at some point between, I, I like super procrastinated getting my packet for uh, for the for the event. I, I mostly just kind of laid out my clothes and thought about what I was going to be wearing each night and what I was going to be wearing that night. Uh, and in staying up in my room this whole time, eventually I ran into John, my roommate, John Robinson. And uh, we talked about all sorts of things um, that, you know, kind of became a theme over the course of the weekend. I had some like big questions in my head that I was thinking about over the course of the event and in talking with John I think the plan was to be down there for like an hour before demos or so and he was going to go down there and you know run his shop for about an hour we spent that entire hour just chatting and that was great I don't think he even sat down it was one of those like you know you hear the the, the Italian goodbye or the Texas goodbye or the various kinds of goodbyes where like you're standing in the door frame and you're about to go but you just don't quite make it because you're talking the whole time uh, that's kind of how it was where like I was going to take a nap and, and get recharged, and John was gonna go do the shop, but he was on his feet talking the entire time, and it was just great, bouncing ideas and thoughts off each other, because that was really like the only time we could do that for an extended period over the course of the weekend, and I'm glad that we were able to do that the, the first day. And this was, again, even before Open Dance had started. Yeah, um, and then Open Dance started, and I think that was, one of those moments where you get all the build and the hype and the excitement of seeing everybody, especially, especially after an extended period of not. And your adrenaline's just going and going and going and going and going. And then all of a sudden, now you're walking into the lobby area of the dance event. And you're seeing even more people. And you're hearing the music coming from inside the ballroom. And I, when I walked into the ballroom, it was like, I'm home. Yay. I have waited so long. I've put in so many hours of work and patience and, you know, determination of I will get there. I will get there. And here I am. And I think one of my favorite parts about Thursday nights is it's kind of one of those anything can go playlists. So it's what kind of sets the tone for the rest of the weekend, which mixes in with the workshops. But since there's no workshops typically on Thursday, it's literally a free-for-all just requests. And it's fun to see like what people remember and what people are still liking. And with the fact that we've had so much time off, it was really cool to see some of these dances just tried and true are still at the forefront of most people's minds. And then there's some of these new ones that have come across you know, the virtual lessons and how those have kind of stuck out. And it was just so 
much fun and so many opportunities to just play and connect and laugh and joke with these people that you almost took for granted that you'd just see them in a month or two at the next event like oh and that's I mean that is that's almost always the conversation towards the end of the event is like what what's your next event when am I going to see you next and you kind of like oh I'm going to be here oh I'm going to be there well what about the one after that and then like eventually like they line up again I was like oh okay well I'll see you at such and such event and then so like you have this like almost date planned like this is the next time we're going to reconnect so I'll see you in two months I'll see you in three weeks you know like you have that thing whereas the last time we saw most of these people was the last time we were at this event last year and so that was really cool to just be able to see all these people in person again Uh, one of the things that I actually really really enjoyed about the weekend as a whole is just how respectful everybody seemed to be like I got a lot of people do the are you hugging are you not are you elbow bumping I've had people who chose not to wear a mask ask me if I needed them to put it on when I was nearby like just I feel like people just really were so welcoming and warm and just grateful for the event that they just wanted to do anything to make sure that it was the same for others and they really were inclusive this event and I just think that that really took it to the next level for me because it's interesting with all of the social media that has occurred over the last year and a half like what people think or feel or how they're going to act is is very you don't know anymore and like the last thing I want to do is to make someone feel excluded or polarized or unaccepted or anything like that so you know like I try to be like oh no 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 it's fine like I mean I'm doing what I need to do you need to do what you need to do it's fine you know with the whole like mask thing like I'm not going to judge someone for choosing not to and I'm not gonna you know like judge someone for choosing to like that is your choice so just respect the people around you and it seemed like everybody pretty much did this weekend um there was a lot of a lot of hugging from a lot of people and I was definitely grateful for anybody who was willing to give me a hug and felt comfortable enough for that like going so far without or so long without a hug like it really can affect a person. So I was really grateful to be able to see a lot of people. And I think, I think there, there was a, a few people that like I'm used to just hugging in general at events that were hugging, at least hugging me anyways, um, that every time I saw them, I stopped and gave them a hug. It didn't matter if I had literally just seen them like an hour before. It's just one of those things where it was like, I am not passing this up because like I will never take for granted what a hug can mean. You you mentioned that and um, the thing one of the things that had popped in my head for open dance was the outfit that I decided to wear for that night. And I had been saving it for Saturday because you know typically when we go to events sometimes like the dressiest outfit is you know what you wear on Saturday night 
And originally, I was thinking, okay, I'll wear my more casual wear plaid shirts on the first couple nights, and then I'll wear this other combination of like a white, sh a white collared shirt with a black vest and my white jeans. I'll wear that on Saturday night. But once I was looking at all my clothes all laid out, and I thought about what I wanted to wear Thursday night, I thought, no, I'm not saving anything for some future time. There is no tomorrow. Nothing is guaranteed. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to wear this now because this is what I want to wear. And I think that was the right choice. Like, you just have to feel what's happening right there in the moment and and just kind of like live that uh, because whatever you think is going to you know, be the right time might not actually come to pass, as we found out last year. You know, by the time we got home, things were already starting to lock down. Uh, also, not really related to anything, but uh, one thing that I neglected to mention with packing was food. I did something um, a little different this time and decided to throw in a bunch of fresh produce <laughs> uh, because I, first of all, wanted to save money and not buy hotel food, which I think I, I did all right with this, this year for this event. Um, and also, I just didn't want it to go bad in the fridge. I would recommend that for anybody else. Um, I for for the items I packed, I think I did like some chopped and cooked zucchini and squash, and some cucumbers that I didn't even end up eating. Uh, some snack mixed nuts from Costco that I just kind of nibbled on. Some dried mangoes, um, but really, like the MVPs of my food were my apples and definitely, definitely, definitely like the nine oranges that I packed. <laughs> Because at the end of open dance, when you are sweating and your electrolytes are like leaching out of your body and you need something um, to, to feel more complete before you shower and go to bed, um, definitely go with the oranges. Uh, because, you know, however many millions of soccer moms can't be wrong. And that's, that's what they give their kids, these little orange slices to just give them a little boost. And I have never loved and appreciated oranges more than after open dance on the nights when I got to open dance, like until I was ready to sleep. Uh, also Thursday night was the night after demos that I got to open dance possibly the most because I, I wasn't DJing yet. They had um, the beginner ballroom open for Friday and Saturday night, but on Thursday night, uh, since everyone was just arriving, they combined all levels and, and like you said, you know, made it kind of an anything goes ballroom. And I got to just kind of hang out and play and sweat into my nice white clothes. <laughs> um, there were demos though. So if you would like to chat about those at all, what, what were, what we demoed on Friday? Um, well, before I even really get into what it was, we demoed, that was, that was definitely one of those interesting experiences for me in the sense that my very first demo was with Joe Thompson Zemanski and it was Keep It Groovin'. That very same event, my very next demo was Clap 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 with Amy Glass Bailey. And I remember how nervous and anxious I was 
at that time like it was yesterday. And I remember some of the tricks that I've learned over the time of how to like get some of that anxious energy out and like the whole idea of switching the word in your head you're not anxious you're excited and you know keep you're excited you're excited you're excited so it's a positive thing and I was shocked because throughout the time of of all the events over the last several years like one of the reasons why I do demo as much as I do is because I'm trying to get used to the idea of how nervous I was that very first time and I'm trying to get over that and so I figure just like anything the more you practice the better you get and so I, I was hoping that that would apply to demoing just as much so that when I get out there and demo my own stuff too especially if I end up having to demo alone then it's no big deal because it's like any other demo I've done. It's whatever. Like, it's fine. No worries. That was not the case for this event whatsoever. It was as though I was back at Palm Springs with Joe and Amy, never having demoed before in my life. I was so nervous. It was such a weird experience because I'm like, I don't remember the last time I demoed being this nerve-wracking. This is crazy. So it, I, I got a little bit better throughout the, the weekend for the different demos as they went, but it was still certainly one of those things where I had to remind myself it's, it's just energy and you just got to let it go and burn it off. And yeah, so that was an interesting experience. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for feeling that way again. Um, cause when I thought about it, it was, it was one of those logical things. Like I looked at the schedule and I'm like, yeah, okay, I can demo that. I can demo that. I know this one. So that's not a problem at all. And I just kind of like, yeah, okay. Cause that's what I do. Not, oh man, all of a sudden there's 200 people out there and I need to, oh, okay. We're going to breathe. We're not going to fall over. That's fine. Um, so that was certainly different, but with that said, uh, for me, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of different, um, classes. There was four different ballrooms and it, the lessons went from, uh, 9am to 4pm was the start of the last class hour. So uh, most of the days were over by five o'clock unless we had demos right after, uh, for instance, like for Friday uh, night, we demo for Saturday, Sunday, but it was interesting because when I looked at Friday's schedule, there wasn't very many that I just knew like normal. Um, so a lot of them were new dances. And so I wasn't able to uh, get out there and participate with those. However, there was a few that I was able to. Um, there was a couple of yours specifically, as well as um, there was Scott Blevins' Nobody because he taught that last year, but uh, that one is more of a, a personal story uh, that I was able to share with him so there's kind of a 
an investment in that dance. And so I was really excited that he was going to choose to teach that one again since it only got to be taught at one official in-person event since it's re- like a release. It might have had a, like a workshop after it was choreographed, but then this was the first full weekend event that it was taught at. And so I was excited that he was going to give that one another another shot at being learned and experienced. Um, and then another one that I actually was ecstatic to see on the schedule was Dustin Betts was teaching Chris Jacques Wait For It. And that was one that I had the humbling honor of him asking if I would learn it back at the Florida Classic to help him compete it. And I I was so honored by just that in, invite alone. And then I learned the dance and I was just blown away by the choreography and just how it hit so amazingly well. Uh, and I, I highly highly recommend anybody learning that one it is a phrased advanced dance but he was very brilliant in how he choreographed it there's an a and then there's like a modified a but all you're doing is modifying the last two steps of the whole modify of the whole a section then there's a b section and then there's a c section and c like it's half of B and half of A combined. So as long as you learn A and B, you already know C. You just have to figure out how to put it together. And it works really well. Um, And so that was a lot of fun. One of the dances that I was disappointed that I didn't learn prior to demos, but I did end up kind of being in the class um, and got to at least experience it over the weekend was actually your dance colors. I've liked that song for so long and I keep doing the, yeah, I'm going to learn it. And then like, for some reason I just, I never get to it. And so I was disappointed that I was, I didn't learn it in time for the demo, but I was in the class and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was quite creative and there's some fun movements in it that I like my sweeps. I do. And there's a few fun sweeps in that one that I really, really enjoy and it hits the music nicely. Um, And other than that, I don't know if there's really any others that I personally demoed that very first night. So I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to say about the first night of demos. Well, three thoughts popped up that I've been just sitting on, um, some of which may be related and some of which I don't know, but calls demos peppers. Um, Peppers are the produce item that I forgot to mention among all of the others. They keep well while traveling and you enjoy them. So if you ever see Megan at an event or if you know she's going, bring her some peppers. She'll eat them. Uh, Being like red and yellow and orange bell peppers. Yeah, not like the ghost ghost something pepper or whatever that like burns your mouth and and soul out. Uh, Definitely not the spicy ones. Um, Calls and demos. Demos, I have learned since, I would say, 
the one that really just drove the nail into my little demo coffin was taps. Yeah. If I don't know a dance well enough to be dancing it while I'm demoing it, I just shouldn't demo it. If I'm learning it like just in time to demo it, it's going to show. So I've I've kind of had to like slap my own wrist out of doing that anymore because we definitely would learn stuff like the half hour before demos um just you know to to do the thing and it would be kind of like glancing over and making sure we're doing it right and a lot of what demoing is is sort of like selling that dance to the audience as something that they might enjoy or just exhibiting it in a way that they might connect to if the dancer is a 40 year old male and you are a 20 year old female then it's going to look different depending who is dancing it and somebody in the audience who might be a 60 year old female can see both of those and think okay i'm probably going to dance it more like that and yeah okay i'll go to that class sure why not um i in previous episodes have mentioned how i don't really get scared um for most demos where when i am just dancing it because i look at it like it's an open dance floor they're letting me have all the space i want to do this dance that i enjoy like kissing strangers or whatever else is being taught i can just get out there and do this cool doesn't matter if it's only two walls i like this dance i'm going to dance it not demo it um, if I'm trying to remember all the steps while I'm demoing it, then I'm not really demoing it to the best of its um, possible ability. And I'm, I'm not dancing it because I don't know it well enough to just like let my body go. So I just don't do those now. Um, and calls. Calls, we, we were talking about this on the way back from the airport as something that I had kind of just been thinking about. And when you mentioned the thing about... Um, the wording you use being important that you're not you know, stressed, you're, you're excited or something like that. Um, it made me think about how when you're doing your calls in a dance, when you're, when you're teaching something, it's important to be consistent because if you like for me, I, I hadn't taught these dances to anyone except maybe you, if, <laughs> if I even did teach some of these to you, like if they were mine, um, so I didn't have practice with how I would call them. And while I might be saying something during the eight counts at a time portion of the teach, once we're doing it all the way through and I'm like talking through 32 counts to the tempo of the music, I might call it something completely different. That might confuse people who heard it and imprinted upon it a certain way when it was told to them as like, for the example of colors, I think I described one of the counts as a sit. But when we were doing the dance, it made more sense with the counts to say, and touch. Technically, you are sitting and then touching, but I didn't put those two things together. I just said, and touch, sweep. But before, I was saying, and sit. Those little nuances, those subtle things happen um, or more naturally as you have more practice with them, which was another thing that you mentioned was, you know, practice makes you more confident. And that is where it is helpful having everything all opened up and having a regular class where you teach the same dance six times. By the time you're done with it, you could teach it in your sleep. If you don't have that opportunity, like let's say if there are any hypothetical people out there who are going to be teaching at like 
Fun in the Sun or Vegas or Windy City or anything else that will be open later this year, if you don't have an opportunity to teach it for real, like to an actual class in your area, teach it to like a stuffed animal or something and just kind of practice those calls. And if possible, pick a call that makes the most sense and be consistent with it throughout because otherwise you you never know. I don't, I don't think anyone actually came up to me and said, hey, you confused me, but I noticed that I was, I was saying it differently. And I don't, I don't want to do that, ideally. So hopefully that'll be helpful for someone. Okay, that's my, that's my spiel. And that's Friday. <laughs> and that's, well, technically that's Thursday night. Yeah. Because the dances were for Friday. Um, so some of the things, before I get too much further into it, obviously there's certain people that I am more than ecstatic with their well-known names that are at these events that I've gotten the fortunate experiences and memories of taking some of their classes or demoing with them or, you know, uh, being in open dance next to them or anything like that, such as like John Robinson, Scott Blevins, Amy, and Darren Bailey. Like some of those people, have, you, know, you, you just expect to be excited to see them. With that said, I definitely have to say there's been a few people that were added to this year's lineup at HOT that made my heart just happy. And I was genuinely excited to see them. Um, or in one particular individual's case, to meet them. Uh, some of those people, and I am very much looking forward to seeing them at future events as well, is or are Dustin Betts for sure. Like there's something about like the more I see him at the events, the more I want to see him at events. So he is so much fun. He is enjoyable to watch. He has a lot of old dances that he just really really enjoys and that's kind of where you and I are too like we do like a lot of the new ones as well but we really like where some of these old ones um hit in the music and how just different they were and even now comparing them to some of the dances they're just weird and that makes them fun um I almost lost my marbles when I saw that Dustin was actually teaching Time to Ride as well, which is one of my favorite dances. Like, there's just so much fun, and we just don't ever get to dance it at events anymore. Like, I think we've this now makes the second event we've ever had a chance to dance it at, third time we've ever seen it at an event kind of thing. Um, Brit. I got to meet her in person at Florida Dance Classic. And now she was on the hot uh, lineup. And I was so happy because she is just 100% good people. She is creative. She is sweet. She is welcoming. I've really enjoyed watching her choreography and her dance. Like, I just, she is just, I, 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 I love her. She is fantastic. 
And I cannot wait to see where else she goes. Like, I just want to see her at more events. And just looking at this um, schedule for Friday, Glenn Ball. Oh, my Lord. I was flabbergasted at the idea that he was going to be teaching at a line dance event. I don't I don't know him personally until this event, but like I've been exposed to him as a West Coast dancer. And I mean, when he got out there and demoed the da- one of the dances called Zoom, my mouth dropped open literally I was I I was so blown away halfway through the dance I realized oh I should close my mouth I wanted to learn that dance right then and there it looked so cool just by watching him move and then I got to take a class from him and he is just so fun he's just fun he explains things in such a different way than I'm used to hearing from different instructors but also he laughs at himself and he makes light for the whole place and he engages with the the students in the class and he is more than willing to answer any kind of question about you know the dances that you ask he'll he's looking for that that person that will ask for one more time or can you explain this he wants to make sure that the people in his class understand what's happening so he's so willing to just go over it and he was just a delight to meet this weekend and I'm so blessed that I was able to actually take classes from Glenn Ball um and that just yeah I was so ecstatic so yeah that was one of the things that I am very grateful to the circumstances of getting to experience our U.S. instructors more frequently now that unfortunately we don't have the means of getting international instructors over and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to get to know our U.S. instructors even better. Hmm. Oh, there was something you mentioned. Uh, over the course of your Thursday, I noticed that there were parts of it that I just didn't even know about. This was one of those events where we had very different paths. <laughs> I barely saw you all weekend, um, and you had your own adventures, which I thought was very cool. Um, now that we are on to Friday, how did your Friday go? Because mine was definitely uh, a different story. Well, um, I what, what time did open dance end? Like 2-ish? Somewhere around 2 a.m. in the morning? I was up for a 9 a.m. class. Like legit up and ready for a 9 a.m. class me 
Um, one of the things I've said in the past that I've wanted to get better at being in more classes at these events, uh, I definitely have acknowledged the fact that, you know, like a lot of times I know a majority of the dances because I go out there and demo them and I, I enjoy that. I really do. And that provides me the opportunity to go around throughout the day and socialize with people to sit in on lessons and just focus more on the how is this instructor t instructing the class what how are they describing movements what are some of the tr ticks, tr tricks and tips that they do in their class to make it fun and inter engaging entertaining as well as people re receiving the information and so I really enjoy that fact but with the fact that Glenn Ball was here, I was in his 9 a.m. Steal the Show hip hop class for gals only. It was a full class. And then later on, um, so we took that class. I don't remember exactly what I did from 10 to 11. And... Let's see, I definitely didn't, okay, let me rephrase that, 10 to noon, I don't know where I was going and what I was doing, I, there was certain moments of the day just kind of happened, but um, I wanted to check in on Glenn Ball's 12 o'clock class, which is Steal the Hip Hop, or Steal the Show Hip Hop 1 Guys Only, because I kind of figured there wasn't going to be a whole lot of guys that were able to take the class since the majority of males at the event were on staff teaching and I being part of the steal the show hip-hop you know gals only I learned that this is actually a routine that can be eligible to be danced in the show on Saturday and it's kind of like a dance battle thing and so I was like, okay, I know that this, the females class was packed. My concern is for the males. So I ended up showing up to that class and I had asked him, I was like, do you mind if I learn the guys part, quote unquote, which I am more used to calling like the lead. <laughs> and he goes, no, please, by all means, like the more people, the better. So uh, me and a couple of the gals switched teams and joined the guys. And so I had to relearn the entire first dance on the opposite foot, which was quite a challenge in itself. So I took two classes before 1 p.m. on the first day by the same instructor. So I was certainly excited about that. And that just also gave me more experience with how Glenn teaches as well. So that was cool. And then lunchtime, I believe, was that Friday already? Was that on Saturday? I feel like it was Friday, but I could have been wrong because, yes, it was, it was actually on Saturday. So just kidding. Anyways, um... I don't remember lunch at all. I think 
for me, I ended up grabbing something quick and easy to eat. It wasn't something too complicated because um, we had like peanut butter and jelly and we bought snacks and everything for upstairs. Who's we? Oh, we being um, I roomed with Rebecca Sneed and Maddie B. And that was quite an entertaining room, if I don't say so myself. And I think for honestly, majority of the first day, it was more of a just catching up with everybody. Honestly, it was touching base with this person, running into that person. Um, yeah, because I, I definitely did not nap at all the first two days. So Thursday, I didn't nap. Friday, I didn't nap. So I'm like, I was somewhere. I know I was. I'm not entirely sure where, but I was somewhere. Um, and then I was, I know there was a moment I was talking with JP for a little bit. I was intending on the three to 350 class street dance workshop with Glenn. But I was upstairs getting dressed at that time. I know that much. I started getting dressed around three o'clock for the five o'clock demos because I wanted to make sure what I was wearing was going to be comfortable enough and I looked presentable enough at that time. Um, and now that I think about it, honestly, it's very possible that from 2 o'clock, 2.50 hour, which you were in class, um, I had taken the time uh, to actually um, stop in and briefly to uh, Nobody by Scott Levins because like I said, I had a little bit of an investment in that one. And I was very appreciative of his shout out to me for sharing the music with him and beginning choreography with him on that particular track. And so that was really, really nice. And then I was doing other things for a few other people during that time. And all I could think about is, I should be getting ready. I should be getting ready. And I'm like, wait, it's still so early. You're fine. So there's that one there. And then I know that I came back down and I was in your class for colors um, for at least the first half of it. So that was that. was that. And then I was trying to burn off that nervous, excited energy for demos at five. What did your Friday look like? Well, in the interest of summarizing and saving a bit of time, uh, I definitely slept in because uh, I could. Um, I, I really wanted to see John's six tips to help you look good on the dance floor, but I think I may have seen a version of it at, um, at another event. From 12 to 12.50, I taught Good God and This is the Way. It says new for Good God. If anyone recognizes it from about 2017 or so, it is based on like the first eight counts, but then from there it goes in its own direction. Um, and then this is the way is the same dance that I taught to show me the way or is this the way to Amarillo um, from Florida Line Dance Classic. And I suggested this as a teach because I had also proposed uh, to the powers that be at Heart of Texas uh, my two o'clock teach, which was show me the way to Amarillo by Raymond Sarlemagne and Ira Weisberg. 
And that one's a little tricky, but very cute. And it has a, uh, what do you call, restart that uh, my absolute beginner dance to um, the original track by Tony Christie does not have. So if anyone is trying to floor split it, just beware that there could be a restart there if you'd like. Uh, in between those two teaches was the lunch break where we went over time. Uh, was it no? What the heck is the name of my dance? Too late for, oh, too late for lullabies. Uh, where, where we, yeah, we oh, went over that. that. We that we were doing at lunch hour. I knew I was somewhere. Yeah, that's when we did that because the demos were that night. And then um, in between another couple of classes, between my 2 o'clock and my 4 o'clock class, I took Glenn Ball's 3 o'clock street dance workshop. And we went over a few different exercises to help you feel a little you know, heavier with your movements and um, and be a little late to the count and little little tricks that you can do to feel more hip hop when you're dancing like street dances. Uh, at four o'clock, I taught colors, which I had previously taught at uh, Florida Line Dance Classic, and that was co-choreographed with Roy Verdonk and uh, Nadia Vanden Aden, uh, in addition to myself over WhatsApp. <laughs> during this, uh, this at-home period of dance. And then we did demos, uh, I guess, right after that class ended. How do you like that? And that was 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, where we demoed our Saturday-Sunday workshops. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found it interesting that, like me, you're generally not one to take a whole lot of class lessons because you – generally know the dances because you're out there demoing them um and yet we both managed to take workshops from glenn ball and separate workshops because that i was not in that one and you were not able to get into the guys steal the show because you were teaching that same time so i found that interesting that we ended up both um going yes that's who we want to spend an hour learning from for X, Y, or Z reasons. So I found that a little bit interesting. As for demos uh, the next day or that night or whatever, we definitely, there was a whole lot more that I was out there for this time around, not just because it was two days, but I was out there for uh, Cyber Remix, which was taught by Trevor Thornton. Uh, I was out there for, what else was there? There was... Had a few in between. Um, there was your your switch. Um, definitely, I knew those dances going into that there that demo. I don't know what happened during the demo, but apparently I looked adorable, according to uh, one of my friends. Then there was also uh, too late for lullabies. Uh, there was Moses Rose's Toeses. There was definitely Time to Ride. There was, um, I know I helped with Pillows. Um, doo -doo -doo, I'm trying to go through this really quickly. I'm on Cry to Me, which I cannot thank you enough for teaching Cry to Me. I love that dance. I'm so grateful for you for finding it and for liking it and wanting to teach it because I love that dance. Um, I also helped with DHSS and Summer Sway along with Darren's Foolish. And then also for me, my last demo had um, was Lil' Bit, which uh, Trevor thought Kelly Cavallero's dance. So yeah, I mean, I was out there for a lot more uh, for Saturday, Sunday, 
And again, just to summarize, ditto for me for all of those except for pillows and a little bit, I think. Yeah, pretty much. I know you were out there for time to ride and Moses was his toes and foolish. You were um, definitely out there for the ones you were teaching. So that's good because, you know, <laughs> that might have been a little awkward. So there have been some events where I, I think I may have learned the dance the day that I taught it. But we won't say where or what dances or anything like that. Um, all right. Well, if that was the, the demo period for Friday, then after that would have been Friday open dance and we have no playlists to refer to right now because I just kind of recorded everything that's on JP's screen and haven't committed them to paper yet. Uh, I can definitely say that I did get some dancing in after closing down the beginner ball and we, we closed pretty promptly at midnight. Uh, so then it was just open dance and Saturday um, classes the next day. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we didn't really mention too much was the fact that going into this event we were doing our reviews and at up from april 1st up into the point of thursday i think we were pretty close to 200 dances um reviewed at that point and that made me feel very very confident going into all of the open dancing and I really, really enjoyed that. But because you are who you are, you also have this list of everything we have reviewed in a very organized fashion in which when JP very, very late at night was asking for requests and what we wanted to dance, I kind of just put the list in front of them and said, here's what we've been working on for the last month. Pick something you want to hear. And so I got a little bit of the I'm requesting something that I want to dance because I've chosen to review these dances. But also the element of surprise in which JP gets to kind of pick which ones he wants to hear. All right. Well, again, in the interest of time, just kind of looking at both of the remaining days, uh, I mean, I definitely attended my teaches of If We Tried and Senior Cha. Thank you again for the track When We're 80 uh, as a song change for, for that dance. I, I played that with the, um, I played both uh, of the tracks for, for that teach and they, they seemed to like them both. Um, Too Late for Lullabies went definitely better than I would have expected considering it's my first waltz like ever, ever. Um, and I, I definitely have some changes to make in the sheet uh, based on how it was taught. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked getting to do that on a big open dance floor. On Sunday, uh, Cry to Me was trickier than I would have expected, but uh, I think people who did get it um, got it pr pretty solidly. And other than that, those were all the teaches that I had for the remaining part of the weekend. Uh, you, you looked like you had a thought. Oh, um, I was just saying... I mean, there's still so much to go over that I am excited that there's still room for us to talk about like all the different things we did and the different classes and like the playlists even. I'm excited to go over those because one, it's just been such a blessing to have this event occur that I, just like Florida, knew I needed it. I just didn't realize just how badly I needed this event. And this event, I mean, 
it's they're always so different from each other but also there's always those similar situations and Florida was the one that needed to happen because somebody needed to take that risk and that chance of like well we can't just pretend that this isn't happening in the world but also we need to like keep going forward and so I was so grateful for Jen Cameron for hosting that event and all of the safety precautions she put in place was just so like reassuring for me and then to have this be the one that follows up that one for me was perfect because there was a lot of people that were able to make the Florida one that were able to make this one and it was just definitely the the closer I get the better I feel kind of situation Hmm. well looking just at Thursday and Friday I definitely am glad that we did prep as much as we did because I was sweating hard <laughs> even in just the first two days I remember by what was it day three that would have been Saturday night that was when I was wearing uh, my black outfit um, it it, it felt like I, I think I had even suggested to you. I thought one pair of pants per night was enough. I thought two shirts and I packed two shirts for each day just in case. If I needed to do a midday shirt change, I could do that. I'm even considering doing that with pants now because we are so out of practice with doing all these intense dances back to back on a real floor with real speakers and not just like my garage. Um, we now have three months until the next one if because we know Fitz is happening. Fun in the Sun is happening in July. It's April now. We have May, June, July. We're not really sure yet what's happening with Marathon as of the time of this recording, but hopefully this will give us a chance to do some conditioning. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm definitely – I plan to know Addicted by the next time yep. we're out there um, because – there, there are some things, okay, I, I highly recommend open dance, especially late at night for anyone else who, um, who wants to be exposed to new things, new dances, and some dances you just should know because you're going to see them around everywhere, and some dances you should know because you're going to see the same late night people around everywhere, and they really like that dance, and they totally sell it, and that's going to be one of those for me to learn so I can dance it with them uh, the next time I see them. Other thoughts on Thursday and Friday? Um, mostly just a, a little extended version of your late night being as scary as this sounds. After midnight is when we're referring to late night. Uh, between the hours of like midnight and three in the morning is late night dancing where you're going to get these rare older dances that just used to be popular and cra crazy in their time but have since um moved to the late night crew oh also a quick note since i didn't mention anything about djing friday night uh like you were saying about how anything goes in the big ballroom for thursday if you have some crazy obscure dance that you would like to request 
and they're only two nights of a beginner ballroom, request them the first night because I don't know as the DJ what everyone knows yet. But by the next night, I know that, okay, I probably shouldn't play this one because only a couple people did it last time. I want to guarantee that this this floor is full, so I'm going to play pontoon. But that first night, sneak your stuff in on the first night because I don't know any better. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Lion Dance Podcast. Until next time, this has been Christopher and Megan. And until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.